Hi, welcome to Lessons of Life, and today we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. Thank you. Thank you for being my friend. You know, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Every day, you just wake up. Wow, thank you for this day. I have another day of life in the story of life. I have another day to express and experience life. Thank you, Papa. You know, it's a good day. Oh, yes, it is. You know, and you go look in your eyes and I love you. Your father doesn't have a form or shape. So he went into your body and he made a heart, gave you life. And the heart is whole. <laughs> That's where he sits. And when you use that ultimate mental diet, you begin to override the tracks in your mind. You know, and you'll start to understand that you may, um, it's like, you know, the Orson Welles movie about, um, Rosebud, yeah, Citizen Kane. <laughs> you know, it didn't matter what that man did. He was a success at everything he did. You know, nothing stopped him. But he was empty inside. All he wanted to do was be a little kid again, riding on that sled, feeling secure and loved. And he hadn't felt that way, you know, since he was sent away. And it was all under a good intention, you know. What good is all that stuff if you're not feeling safe and secure and loved? As most children who are born are. No, yes, there are some that are not. But they are the exception to the rule that proves the, that it's a rule. And it can change. You know, it's not a law. All right? <laughs> We all know this. This is how science says it. You know, it's law. And the opposite occurs to show that it's a rule here. That's why you always see the opposite. Because it's a rule. It's not a law. The law governs it. And that's what makes it a rule. You know, you can change it. That's why the law of gratitude is important. Be grateful to be alive. You're in the story of life. Okay? You're in the book. You're in the book. You're in the story. Now, it's, you know, like virtual reality. What are you going to do? What are you going to be? What are you going to put on? What are you going to fight? You know? Because in the end, if things like, you know, I don't know, seeing corruption or you know, wackos, rioting, breaking stuff, all that other stuff, you know, they're just, you know, the few that are proving the rule that most of us are not like that, you know, and we're starting to lift them out and say, no, there's going to not be any more rules. Law is going to prevail here. 
okay? No more duality. We're going to come together, and it's going to be one, okay? It's humanity. I, 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 I don't care what color skin you have. I'm glad you love banking and want to be a central banker. That's great. And if you don't want to be one, that's okay, too. You, you be what makes you happy. You do what makes your heart sing. And all the other stuff comes. You know, let that other caca go. Don't worry about it. Just be thankful to be alive. Be thankful that there's movies made with movie stars that you love. You know, that make these great movies that tell the story. And it makes you laugh, you know, we're laughing at ourselves, you know, uh, and that's where that slapstick and irony and self-deprecating humor comes in. You know, like Monty Python, at the beginning of the movie, they're having a conversation about swallows and the different kinds of swallows, African, you know, or English. And then you're thinking, what a silly conversation, you know, and then three-quarters of the way into the movie, here he is at the bridge. In order to cross the bridge, he has to answer, you know, if the swallow can do something. And he, he comes back with, well, that depends. Is it an African swallow or an English swallow? I don't know that. <laughs> the bad guy gets thrown off. Now they all cross the bridge. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And that's a great scene for showing how this works. You know, the good Sir Lancelot, he comes up and he's asked his question. He rolls trippingly off the tongue. He believes it. This is it. You know, I'm here on this quest. My favorite color is blue. Okay, go. Oh, so the cowardly guy, Sir Robin, <laughs> oh, is that all it is? <laughs> now, now he feels better. So he goes up there and says, what? Is your name, Sir Robin? You know, what is your quest? Seek the Holy Grail. What is your favorite color? Green, no blue. Wait! Ah! <laughs> he second guessed. He didn't stick with it with confidence. You know, ah, ah, that's that double mindedness. You know, and, and it really, it's really hysterical. <laughs> You gotta laugh at it. You know, you could cry if you wanted to watch it away. But it's it's really funny. And that I I like that way of getting rid of it. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody does that. Nobody likes looking like a fool. No, 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 no. You know, we're all good. It's all good. You know. And and it's just a consequence of law of attraction. If you're grateful for things then, you know, you're telling with your imagination to the God in your heart, I love this. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. I appreciate what I do have, even if I never get all those great things that I imagined. I accept all my desires. You bet. I accept that I'm rich. I accept that I have more money than I know what to do with. I accept that I'm prosperous. I accept that that prosperity comes to me in abundance and it just grows and grows and grows. Like all of life. All of life grows. You know, and I accept that it's all beautiful. And it's all fulfilling and it's perfect. I accept all that. 
But it's okay. We know. We know it's all good. So I hope this helps. Be grateful. You know, you have a family. And, you know, be grateful for the things that you do have in your life. You know, there was a, a man, I was walking through the room, and my husband was watching the national news. And as um, I walked through, this man was crying, and they were going on and on about how his father died, and the last words they spoke to each other were on the phone, and he said goodbye to him, and he knew it was going to be the last time. And boo-hoo. Well, you're blessed. You got to say something to him before he went. You, you're blessed. I didn't get to say a word to mine. Either one of them. You know, that most of us don't get to. You are a blessed human being. You know, I'm not going to cry for you like that. I'm going to cry tears of joy for you. Well, you're really blessed. I'm sorry that the you know, news doesn't see it that way. You know, but you're a blessed individual. No, no, you know that deep down inside. Just that this, you're having your moment. Something you loved is gone. You know, and you believe you can't get it back. And I understand you're having your moment. You know, and that's how we learn. You don't really lose anything. They're there. You just have to call on them. They've been God. They were God. They've always been God. You call on them. You know, and they'll come talk to you. This is what Louise Berlin learned. Neville Goddard's greatest student. So, you know, I hope this helps. It's understanding, you know, these seeds got put in place a long time before you were born. And you had to walk your generation. That's, you know, you carrying on the story of spies and corruptions and murders and thieves and all this other stuff. You know, don't feel bad about it. But if it comes into your consciousness and it's yanking your chain, we're at the end of an age. You know, go ahead. Forgive them. Forgive them for doing that. You don't want to see that anymore. And that will ripple across the world. You'll see. It'll change. All kinds of good comedy and drama will come out of that. I'll tell you. Grab the popcorn. Time for the show. And, and you can see this perfectly. It's really hysterical. The New York City governor. Uh, no. New York City mayor. Mayor Cuomo. He got an Emmy. He got an Emmy, and Emmys are for entertainers, not politicians. <laughs> you gotta love it. You gotta love it, the irony of it all. <laughs> so in an effort to give thanks today, and know that I, I've forgiven and for, forgotten what, what others say this man did, because he's magnificent and he's hysterical. And he's always made me laugh. And he's always made me think. So I've really loved him. He's been a great messenger for me. And I hope you will enjoy this comedic sketch that he does. That I fell in love with when I was just seven years old. And I hope you'll love it too. 
Happy Thanksgiving. I give thanks to all of you. And I pray that you all have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. And know that really Thanksgiving, it's every day. Blessings to you. And thank you. Thank you for being you. I'm seven years old, standing up in my crib. I kept falling out of the crib. I really, you know, I mean, they gave me a bed, but I kept falling out of it. And uh, I'm staying up there. My parents are going out, see, and they're just walking back and forth. We live in an apartment uh, building. There's only one bathroom, and there's my bedroom, then my parents' bedroom, and they have to pass by my bedroom in order to get to the bathroom. And if the door's open, I can see them. And I know they're going out because they keep bumping into each other, you know. <laughs> boom, damn, boom, get out of the way, boom. Where's my sock? I don't wear them, you know. So, uh, this is before babysitters, when parents did not believe in babysitters at all. You know, the philosophy was, what? Let some stranger look after my kid? I'd just as soon leave him home by himself. <laughs> so, uh, I'm staying up here. I got my sleepers on. I wore sleepers till I was 12. I love sleepers because I used to put mashed potatoes in the bottom of my sleepers and make my mother feel them. Mom, Phil's a dead rat, she'd faint. <laughs> My mom would faint for anything, man. I used to get hit in the head with a rock and cover up the blood. She couldn't stand blood for nothing, man. I'd go home, stand right behind her. She's cooking. Mom, look, blood. <laughs> she'd faint. So I'm standing up in the crib and they both come up, you know. And now the whole thing to them is that they have to scare me to make me stay in the bed, see. They tell you some kind of a lie. That's what the parents used to do. There's a green monster out of the door. If you get out of that bed, they'll, he'll eat you right up, you know. So, I'm a con man, I really am. I'm a, I'm, I'm a good con man. Boy, I never went to school if I didn't want to. My whole thing was so beautiful. My mother used to come in, boom, open the door and uh, and I'd be in the bed, you know. And she'd say, aren't you going to school? And I'd say, mother, is that you? Just bring your face here so I can, I can touch it before I leave. You know, never went to school one day. And always got out at 3.30 to play. Used to go up to her, 3.30. A miracle happened! You're not well, get back in the bed. Honest to goodness, Mom, a little angel came right up on my bed, hit me with a wand, twang, said, go out and play. And she had to believe the angel. I knew that. So anyway, I'm standing in my crib. And I said, now, don't get out of the, the, the crib, please. See, my, my father, I love my father's uh, approach. It was basic. Stay in the bed. That's all. You know, stay in the bed, see? I knew how to answer him. I will. And it was, that was it. You know, he'd go, and then I'd jump out of the crib, you know. <laughs> Papa's beautiful, but mothers, they give you a half out. Stay in the crib because your life is important to this and that. Oh, yes, I've heard that before. <laughs> but my old man would just come up, stay in the bed. Right, Dad. 
And he'd leave, he said his piece, you know. So now my mother comes in. I don't get out of the crib. Yes, mother, I'm tired anyway. I, I'm going to sleep. The Sandman's beating me to death. And I'm so tired. Pardon me for not seeing you to the door, but I'm just tired. I'm telling you right now, don't get out of that crib. Now, the last time you got out of the crib, you went in and listened to that, that radio and heard that awful Lights Out program, and it scared you so bad that you smeared jello all over the kitchen floor to make the monster slip if he came at you. And your father went into the kitchen to get a drink of water, slipped and hurt himself. Now, to make sure you don't, you don't get out of this crib, we've placed over a hundred black poisonous snakes around your crib. And if you so much as put a toe out there, they're going to bite you, you're going to swell up and be dead until morning. I don't see no snakes. They're invisible. And she left. Boom. Boy, I'm telling you right now, I'm so sick of this place, I'm going to run away from home. They're always putting black snakes. Snakes! You get out of here! This is not your room, this is my room, and you just get out of here! I don't care who sent you in here, this is my room, I didn't ask you to come in here, nasty snakes! Snakes, do you hear me talking to you? Huh? Snakes, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> Come on, have a heart on a guy, will you? Are you out there? Listen, snakes, now, now don't you bite. Don't you bite me. I'm gonna put, put my toe out there. Don't bite it, just give it a little snaky lick. lick, 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 lick. Come on. Okay, listen. You could bite it just a little bit. But but don't put none of your juice in it. <laughs> Nothing. Well, go ahead, I bet you're not even about to go and bite it, suckers. Yeah, I know you wasn't out there. Lie to me, boy. I'm going to listen to the radio. We had a Philco radio, it was about six feet tall. Had 287 knobs on it, of which only two worked, off on volume and the station selector. <laughs> the extra knobs were if you'd lose one, you could replace them right away. You don't have to go to the store. And I loved to get scared to death. Anything that had scared me to death, I loved it. I loved Frankenstein, Wolfman, and a Mummy so much. I used to sit right up front. And then they would come at me and I would squish myself under, into the orchestra pit. I hid all over the place. I'm telling you, I had pictures of them all over my house, never looked at them, was scared of them. And there were three programs that were scary. One was suspense. That wasn't too scary, that was suspenseful. Then there was Inner, uh, Inner Sanctum, where the guy played the organ. And then he would come in, good evening, and he was so happy to scare you to death. And he opened that door. And then he told you a weird story about his uncle Harry who had lost his hip bone or something like that. Oh, man. But what really scared me was when he closed the door. At the end, of the, I knew somebody was in the house then. And I started smearing that jello. No monster gonna get near me with that jello on the floor.
I've tripped up many a monster with that jello on the floor. Yes, sirree, Bob. And now, I got my radio, I turn it on. You gotta wait maybe, maybe eight days. It'll heat up, you know, eight days. Why do you think I'm and then I was, oh, there's good news. Good evening. That's the guy. Go ahead, scare me to death. I'm ready. I'm ready. Scare me, man. Come on now. And welcome to Lights Out. Scare me. I was dumb enough to do whatever the guy said to do on the radio. Turn your lights out. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. They're out, they're out. Go on, scare me to death. I'm ready. Tonight's episode is about a chicken heart. A chicken heart that ate up New York City. Yeah, go, chicken heart. Go. Go get him. Eat him up, chicken heart. Scare me to death. I'm, re I'm ready. I'm ready. The chicken heart was kept alive in a laboratory in a vat. Special solution. Half blood, half sodium, so let's wait. One day, a careless janitor Knock the vat over. He went to get a rag to clean it up. The chicken heart grew. Six foot, five inches. And in search of human blood. The janitor came back. Go get him, chicken heart. Go get him. Go get him. It moved out into the hallway. Rang for the elevator. Fourth floor. Ah! Go get him, chicken heart. Go get him. You will. Moved out into the street. Ate up all the cabs. The Empire State Building. Ate up the Jersey Turnpike. It's in your home state. It's outside of your door. And it's going to eat you up. Oh, I got my jello star smearing it all over the floor. Get out of here, chicken heart. I set the sofa on fire. You won't come near smoking fire and jello. My father came in the house and what? What the hell's the sofa doing on fire? Come in the house, the chicken heart's gonna eat you up. Hurry up, okay. 
Zip. What chicken heart are you talking about? What on the radio? Say, you idiot, turn it off. I hadn't thought of that. For two years, anybody that passed by our house, my father, whether he knew him or not, would call him in. Hey, come here, I want to show you my dumb kid. Go on, tell him how you burn up a hundred dollar sofa and broke your father's arm, save us from that. Poo. 